Blog Talk Radio. Oh. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around, and the, around world. the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. All right. Okay. There we go. Ron. Yeah. Ron. Um, I was playing golf today, and there was a couple of singles that were there, and so we all joined up. There's three of us, and uh, one guy is from Alaska. And he's down here. He said he just wanted to play some golf. And so he came down for a month to play golf in Florida. And another guy is from Rhode Island. And he came down to visit his parents. And he works for UPS up there in Rhode Island. He said he'll be busy for the next three months. So he came down. But I gave him both a business card, an All About Wine business card. And I said, tune in. So if you guys are listening Hi and welcome to the show. And anyone else out there that's new, welcome to welcome to the show. Okay, we we have a guest tonight. Uh, Bronson uh, Kistier, I think it is. Uh, I think that does pronounce. Um, well, before I bring him, he's he's hearing me, so he can do that. Before I bring him on, let me tell you how I found him. He was at a wine tasting, and my sister and brother-in-law went to the wine tasting, and they met him, and they tasted his entry into or his contribution. I don't know. What do you call it? But into the show, and he they loved it, and they got his business card, and they uh, sent it to me and said, here, you really need to contact him. Uh, it's really not fermented wine, but it's really great, and it's something that is fantastic, and your listeners need to know about it. So I contacted him, and, well, the rest is history. He's on the show. So uh, let me uh, bring him onto the show, and welcome, Ronson, th- and thank you for taking the time out to join us tonight. Of course, Ron. Happy to uh, Happy to talk with you. Yeah, that's uh but you heard my story how uh how you came about uh under my radar my sister and brother-in-law uh, originally yes. talked yes, talk I recall I think they were at a tasting I was doing I believe it was at a total wine and more Was it? Um, okay. I think that's yeah I was set up doing uh I just had a my table set up with my wares and I was just tasting people on it and they mentioned uh, they mentioned you, and I shared my card, and that's how we connected. That's how we connected. So, so great. Okay, first, 
before we get into what you actually make, I want to know about you. Uh, where did you uh, where did you grow up? What, what's your education? Uh, you uh, you're a bartender. You all that stuff. Cool. Uh, I'll give you a quick rundown. I'm born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, um, which is where I still live. Um, I did get a degree in English from the University oh. of Missouri, Kansas City, uh, with an emphasis in creative writing. Uh, at the time, I was <clears throat> pursuing uh, some writing endeavors that led me into, I was also a, a musician. Um, I ended up getting plugged into the Kansas City music scene and started playing in uh, a lot of different bands over the years, uh, both original outfits and a lot of tribute bands as well, just things for fun. And that led me, there was a band I was in that was becoming more of a committed gig and we were getting uh, dates kind of across the country. And so I wow. wanted to, decided to get into a line of work that would allow me to punch in, punch out, and take time off. And so that got me into the restaurant industry. I started as a as a back waiter at a place called P.F. Chang's, a corporate Chinese chain, and then worked my way up from there. Uh, eventually shifted over to a place called, uh, at the time it was called J.P. Wine Bar. It's a, uh, a wine bar with an extensive uh, reserve list. Uh, here in KC, they're still standing under the name of Tannen Wine Bar uh, at this time. Um, but that's where I really started learning a lot about wine. I mean, at the time I started there, that would have been probably 2008-ish. Um, I didn't know, uh, I didn't even know what a Malbec was. <laughs> so um, I started uh, started my wine training there with um, their um, their wine director, um, Skyberry Tunnel, who's still running the program, and the guy knows more about wine than anybody I know personally. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, yeah, started bartending there, um, learning about wine and uh, serving wine, obviously. But there was also a very pretty intensive craft cocktail program that the head bartender was running. He kind of took me under his wing. Uh, he's still a buddy of mine. His name's Jared Finn. He kind of showed me the ropes, introduced me to um, some of these books that were written by kind of who we call maybe the four horsemen of the cocktail renaissance, people like uh, Dale DeGroff and uh, Dave Wondrich, Gary Regan, and the like. And so I kind of took pretty, pretty swiftly to the craft of cocktail making and started my pursuit doing that there. And then I bounced from there to another bar. Um, after I was at Tannen for about a year, I, I, sw- I went to another bar where I headed up the cocktail program and then ended up uh, switching to another place where I was the bar manager and, and beverage director for about t- uh, nine years. Um, and that's where, um, that's where I kind of, you know, worked to build a really cool bar culture. It was a little French bistro called Westport Cafe with a 10-seat cocktail bar. And while I continued to work on uh, more and more intensive cocktail menus there, that's where I stumbled across the uh, 300-year-old technique of uh, clarified milk punch, which is 
which is what I make now in bottles. And we can get more into that as we talk about what it is I do now. Okay, very good. So, uh, yeah, all these restaurants and everything, they're in Kansas City? That's correct. Mm, okay. And, and you yeah. sort of uh, apologize for bouncing around, but one thing I've noticed about the industry of uh, restaurants and uh, bartending and stuff like that, people do bounce around. People go to uh, different jobs all the time. I And it just it's part of the Very culture. True. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's it, just is, amazing. Go on. it is true. There are, it is, I mean, it's, it's part and parcel or, you know, it's part of the core, part of the course. In the it industry. is. And, and it's for a, a number of reasons, you know, um, that people feel either, um, you know, motivated to find a new opportunity at a new or spot not appreciated. or, or yeah. For that, yeah, it's just it's no. a myriad of reasons, um, and it is difficult to find. Uh, it's it's difficult to find a place where you are happy and feel that you're well treated, uh, given where you have the right balance of the freedom that you want as an employee and the the long leash, so to speak, granted from the owners of the bar, and and uh, you can find a good relationship with someone. Uh, who's who's running an operation? Who's running an establishment? Then it's it's worth hanging on to. So that's, that's kind of where I why, when I why you were there for nine there. years. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. I actually was there uh, when I started there. The original uh, the original partners that opened it. Uh, I started there in two thousand at the very beginning of two thousand eleven. And then in 2015 to 16, there was this transitionary period where the two original owners, who were um, uh, from the from Kansas and Missouri, sold it to a few gentlemen who moved over here from Lyon in France. And, oh wow! Um, they took over the they took over the bar. They bought it. Um, so they've been there for just going on eight years now. So kind of, it's not a a brag or anything. It's just, it's just, I ended up being there for so long that I, my tenure there was longer than either of the (laughs) pairs of owners or anyone else that's worked there, which is just kind of funny, I guess. But, and do they appreciate um, your knowledge and your job you're doing the new owners and all that? Obviously. Absolutely. You you know, good. Cause that's important. We never, we didn't, I didn't know how it was going to go over. I had, I had really planted down. Um, I'd really planted down there and, and worked hard at building a very hospitable culture at the bar, uh, developing a lot of regulars. It was a big industry spot for people that got off work. We served food late. Um, mm. So we had a, a strong industry following there also. So in that transition um, with the guys coming from France, um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I mean, long story short, when I met them, we all got along great. They liked what I was doing and um, they just let me keep doing what I was doing and actually had a good time kind of teaching them a little bit about how to make cocktails and, you know, my style of bartending. And it was, you know, just ended up being a really great relationship and we're all, we're all still, we're all still pals. Um, the, The French guys and the original, the original owners. So that's, it's been a, that's it was, something it was a good you can't, spot to be for that long. 
Yeah, you you can't put a price on that. That's you know, it's really something that if you can find something that works well for you in that business, then it's fantastic. It just can help it really but grow in both aspects, theirs and yours. Uh, so you discovered a <laughs> recipe, and you decided yeah. that you would pursue this recipe. Tell us about that. Okay. Um, I'll and as I answer questions, I'll try to keep it the Cliff Notes versions here. But <laughs> no, um, go right ahead. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, cool. Well, um, so I was I'm a cocktail nerd, and and over the years I just got deeper and deeper into it, and um, I was working on a, a cocktail menu, I would switch it up twice a year for fall, winter, and spring, summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a set cocktail menu, but I would, I loved making bespoke cocktails for people. We had a lot of, you know, a lot of people I not only knew by name, but I knew what kind of flavors they liked, you know, and a lot of times people would just come in and ask me to make something. And, and a lot of times bartenders <clears throat> maybe don't like to do that. Uh, but I, but I kind of enjoyed going off the cuff and just kind of making, um, you know, bespoke drinks based on the people that I that I knew there and, and knowing what they liked and so on and so forth. But I did uh, change the printed menu twice a year, and when I was working on the fall winter menu in 2016, I came across um, just by. Uh, reading around, um, I read in this book, um, it was mentioned by, uh, in a book called Punch by cocktail historian David Wondrich, there was this mention of something called clarified milk punch, uh, which was a technique where, um, and this is going to sound weird, but, you know, walk with me, it's pretty cool what the outcome is. But uh, it's the technique of using, of creating um, a batch cocktail, for lack of a better term, or a punch with fresh ingredients, including fresh citrus, um, spices, sugar, spirits, and then taking that cloudy mixture and filtering it through um, milk proteins, um, natural milk proteins, filtering it through whole milk, basically, and um, that process paradoxically would result in a completely clear, uh, very velvety and very bewildering libation that really has to kind of be drunk to be fully appreciated. Um, <laughs> but it's, whether, and, and there are, there are recipes, um, the historical recipes go back as, as far as the early 1700s. Hmm. Um, the original, well, the, 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 the first agreed upon or the first, let's say, uh, uh, recognized uh, printing of a recipe was in 1711 by a woman named Mary Rocket who would take brandy and, lem- and infuse it with lemon zest and add lemon juice and sugar and nutmeg and then clarify that mixture through milk resulting in what basically looks like a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc just as clear with that straw color. And then that could be uh, actually aged over years, much like a wine. And through the 1700s, this 
style of drink uh, known as clarified milk punch or just colloquially as uh, milk punch uh, became super popular. And Benjamin Franklin committed his recipe to a, a piece of paper in his own writing that was sent to a political colleague in 1762. Um, Charles Dickens was a was a huge fan of the drink. Would make his own versions, and um, some of these bottles were actually discovered. Uh, of Charles Dickens's punch, were discovered in his wine cellar uh, years after he passed. That were basically covered in dust, but that punch was still uh, perfectly delicious. So hmm. it's a really, it's a really, uh, it's like historically it was also a, a natural way of preserving. Uh, fresh ingredients uh, for a long period of time. So um, I didn't. I thought like you were going to ask a question there. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Now my question is: You see, I, I'm trying to picture how you're filtering this through milk proteins. I don't. I, the concept. I it's. I can't wrap my head around it. It's pretty you, bizarre. Um, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll try to create a visual for you. But basically, um, we'll just say, excuse me, sorry, my cat is trying to get in here. Um, <laughs> I locked mine out. <laughs> yeah, I did too, but he's got his paw under the door here. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so yeah, so what they would, what this brandy punch, for example, that Mary Rocket had, so she would, she would mix the brandy, the lemon zest, the, the lemon juice, the sugar, the nutmeg. She'd mix that all together. And then basically there are different ways that you can proceed at that point. But basically just imagine this cloudy mixture. Um, um, you add basically whole milk would be added to that cloudy mixture. The This is the weird part. This is the part that sounds a little off-putting. Um, but basically what happens is the acidity from all of the fresh lemon juice that's in that punch, it breaks the milk instantly into thousands or millions of these tiny little milk solids. It, um, it's kind of the same, it's exactly the same technique, basically just modified of making like ricotta where you, uh -huh. you use citrus to break your, your proteins from your whey and then, um, and you've got like these big cheesy curds. It's, it's the same concept except the volume of punch that you're pouring this milk into is so large that once the milk breaks, it doesn't like coagulate into these chunks. It really just looks like, a, like millions of these little snowflakes that are just flurrying around inside of your punch. So oh. at that point, you take that mixture and then you would through cheesecloth. And as, oh, okay. the, as those milk solids precipitate down and collect on the inside of that cheesecloth, uh, they form like a, 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 a more and more uh, thickening nest. And as that layer gets built up, you continue to pass the punch through it. The cheesecloth is there simply to hold the milk proteins in place of so those milk solids that layer of solids becomes the actual layer of filtration. Um, there's a, a molecule uh, called casein, which is present naturally in those milk solids, right. that forms basically forms like a molecular lattice that is so, um, so fine that 
it will sponge out all of the particulates that make the juice cloudy. It'll even strip the coloration out of a brown spirit uh, while still retaining the aged flavor qualities of that spirit. Um, huh. It takes a long time to do it. To, to clarify, just for for reference, I would I would make my my version of this uh, technique uh, at the at Westport Cafe. Um, about once a week, I'd make six gallons at a time, and it would take about um, about 48 hours to clarify an entire entire batch. So wow, it does take a while. But again, yeah, once once that filtration is done, um, you kind of watch as it as it filters through these through these milk solids. It'll it'll fill, it'll be cloudy at first, and then uh, as that filtration layer builds up, it'll run clearer and clearer, and eventually it does run through, I mean, it's as clear as water um, with, a, with like a straw hue to it. Wow. So, yeah, it's a pretty, so it's a pretty sounds, cool technique. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's, it's not, well, I suppose, I was going to say it's not something that you would make big batches of, but I suppose there's, a, you could. Well, that's, that's where the that's where the crux of this whole story comes in is making it and very uh, making these punches in small batches is very tedious. Uh, it's very fickle. Um, I mean, even running countless batches of our clarified milk punch at the cafe, uh, doing everything exactly the same every single time, uh, just wow. depending on, on uh, who, who knows, climactic elements, pH um, fluctuations in the citrus, you know, uh, yeah, variable, variable to add infinitum. It, it would it, it sometimes come out a little differently each time. So, um, but I, what I kind of jumping ahead and we can kind of talk about how I got to this point, but I, at this point I do have uh, a fully licensed facility and distillery where I do all my production and I make, um, batches of clarified milk punch and 500 gallon batches oh. uh, then I and then I bottle those uh, and put them out into the market for, for retail and um, that is what um, your I'm sorry did you say it was your brother-in-law my brother-in-law and sister yes cool yes um, that's what they that's what they tasted when I was at um, when I was doing that tasting. Okay. Now, so, you, you say yeah. the, the variables, how do you keep from making each batch different? I mean, if I were to go out and buy a bottle and say, ooh, this is great, this is wonderful, I want some more of this, and then I get the next one, I'm going, ooh, what'd he do? Will that happen? <laughs> um, there will be minor fluctuations, yes, from bottle to bottle. Um mm. It's it's very very minute. Um, we do we do taste testing um, after we finish each batch, and um, it is so minuscule. From bat we we do corrections um, to make sure that we're trying to get a consistency of flavor in the recipe. But it is a completely natural product. I don't use any I don't use any artificial flavorings. I don't use um, uh, anything fake. It's all fresh juice. It's all, I mean, there's a little added uh, uh, pure cane sugar. Um, 
But the short answer to your question is there are very minute fluctuations, but um, really the, the bigger change comes in how long the product has been in the bottle. Oh, really? Uh, over time, over time it, will, um, it will deepen in flavor, and new, um, new flavors will kind of uh, – it'll just kind of deepen and get a little bit richer over time. I've got hmm. bottles of punch that are about five years old right now um, that are that are still uh, delicious and just have like this deeper, richer kind of flavor. Um, so, uh-huh. yeah, there 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 are, fluctu- there are minor fluctuations from batch to batch, but a lot of that difference comes in the longer you once you get a bottle, the longer you hang on to it, the more um, the more it will change in the bottle very slowly over time. Do you do oh, uh, making wine? We have labs and we do tests, you know, with uh, the wines and just just to be sure things are where they're supposed to be and all that. Do you test these when you're done to check and be sure everything, or is it just a taste test? Uh, we have a, a a number of little different tests, like we do uh, our pH content, our brick content. Um, our ethanol content, uh, every batch I have to proof. Um, but we, we do, we replicate every single time we replicate the exact process. And what we did at first, um, and eventually I'll tell you kind of what, what actually goes into the, I've got two of these recipes that we make. Um, but what we did when I started getting closer and closer to figuring out all my regulations, I went and did some studies with um, with FDA food labs, mm. and because this historically is a was a preservation method, um, but uh, it, it this is the first uh, completely uh, naturally made, you know, using like whole milk and fresh unpasteurized juice, and really nothing that wasn't. Uh, available 300 years ago, at least in in uh, theory. Um, yeah. I mean, th- certain fruits were harder to get, but these are all just you know ne- these are ingredients that have been around for for centuries. So mm-hmm. to to take those ingredients, combine them, and then use milk as a filter, I you know I wanted to make sure that we weren't going to do anything that wasn't safe, and so we went through extensive studies with the FDA. Uh, to prove the the efficacy of the preservation method and passed every every test that they threw at it um, well above uh, the bare minimum requirements on um, you know pathogen control and and long term stability. So oh okay. Uh, and we get regular um, we get regular visits from the FDA just to check in on things. Typically the they don't step in on uh, spirits or, um, you know, in, in booze production, the FDA doesn't stand in as much, but as we are like, processing fresh juice and using dairy as a clarifier, they have, you know, they oh, the FDA on yeah, steps into it. Well, uh, the, your yeah. milk, where do you get your milk? Uh, there's a company called Belfonte, which is a locally sourced or um, a local company that sources their milk from farms in the, in the region. Okay. I, so, I was just wondering, you don't go down to the local Hy-Vee and buy yourself a couple of gallons of milk. You actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, 
we source it in we source it in bulk for for cost effective purposes. But it's this it's the same it's the same milk that you would get off of a shelf in a retail store. There's nothing. Oh yeah. Except that yours doesn't have any of the um, um, added vitamin D and, and all that other stuff that they do to milk. You know. So. Yes, this is just pure just pure whole milk. Pure cow milk. Yeah. Uh, That's right. Uh, so your your fruits um, now, come winter, Kansas City isn't noted for growing fresh fruits in the winter. Uh, That's correct. <laughs> what do you do with that <laughs> when that happens? So you need well, a new mat. Um, and it's cold there now, so you know you're not getting any any fruit. It is cold. It's dropping. Um, yeah. We we get our uh, we get our apples uh, in the form of apple uh, apple cider. Or just, mm. uh, uh, that's the the one ingredient we use. That it's fresh apple juice that's very lightly pasteurized uh, and will keep throughout the winter time. Uh, we get that from a local company called Lewisburg Cider Mill. They're in Lewisburg, Kansas. Mm. Um, so and that helps us maintain uh, consistency in our in our product. And all of our, we, when we started out, we were, we were doing a lot of uh, fresh squeezing of our citrus. Um, but um, we've found bulk purveyors that can provide uh, from various vendors who sell various types of fresh squeezed, um, aseptically produced juice that mm-hmm. you can get in bulk uh, in sealed containers. That is, you know, uh, getting in the bulk kind of helps with maintaining that that quality from one batch to another. And um, but as we like our, this kind of gets into the recipe. But we use pineapple juice and the tropical punch, and that comes in 500 gallon, um, sorry, uh, 200 gallon 200 gallon drums. Uh, that then. Um, it tastes like it comes right out of a pineapple. We get um, <laughs> we get ginger fresh frozen in in eighty pound blocks. Uh, wow. Fresh ginger juice um, that tastes like it came straight out of like you just snapped up in a piece of ginger. It's pretty remarkable. So the way the supply chain works today, um, sourcing sourcing juice from from processors that that have the equipment to 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 supply in bulk and um, either through freezing or aseptic production can preserve fresh juice for long periods. That's what we use in our batches now. Mm. Okay. Um, you mentioned that you have two. Actually, I'm on your website, and I know you have two. Um, you have two punches. You have the tropical, and you have the uh, uh, your original punch. Uh, are you looking at expanding and doing other types of punches? Yes. Yeah, we'll release another one in the in the springtime. The idea is to get three three core products that are all very different. The original and tropical are both very very different from each other, um, even though they look almost identical as far as how how the juice looks in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're entirely different. And then the third one that we're working on, which is TBD, will be um, will also be massively different. And we'll have those three core products and then possibly look at doing some collaborations with 
um, with other local companies, uh, as well as just some limited release recipes as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Once you open a bottle of this, it looks like there's bar tops on these. That's what you're using? Yep, those are bar, okay. synthetic bar top corks. Bar top, yeah. Um, once you open a bottle and you drink half of it and you stick the thing back in the refrigerator, does it go bad? I mean, should you drink it soon after it's opened, or will the shelf life after it's open be good for a long time? The after it's open, it is good for a long time. I is it? Once, wow. I, rec- I recommend people finishing it within six months. Wow. Um, it won't hurt you, um, but it does as the air gets in the bottle. It sorts kind of muting some of those flavors um, in the bottle. Um, again, um, we'll see how it progresses over time, but I've got bottles that are five years old that are still really good right now. Um, but, yes, yeah, once the bottle's open, you actually don't even need to put it in the fridge. You can set it right back oh. on your bar cart. I actually even recommend that people not refrigerate it because um, the idea with these is to um, kind of getting at the, the core essence of what I'm doing. These are ready-to-drink cocktails. So they're, they're, they're meant to just be poured straight from the bottle uh, over ice and then garnished. And oh. it's, I, I prefer to have these bottles out at ambient temperature so that when you pour it over ice, you get the proper, the proper amount of dilution. Um, but that doesn't mean that if you want something super cold out of the fridge that I'm going to stand in your way. Uh, there's plenty of people that do that, and that's perfectly fine. But it doesn't, it doesn't require refrigeration um, even after it's been opened. It's like, um, it's like wine. You know, I mean, white wine, uh, a lot of people over-refrigerate it and make it so cold that you've lost a lot of little subtle things about it. And then as it exactly. warms up, you start picking up. And it sounds like that's exactly what's happening with this. If you start refrigerating it, it just mutes uh, a lot of the yep. flavors and uh, stuff. Yeah. You use a, you said you use a spirit. Of, uh, mm-hmm. What what spirit and how, what percentage is going into these things? Uh, so I'll use that as an opportunity to tell you. I use two different spirits, uh, one for each of the recipes, actually three. Um, so just to give you a snapshot and the, to those listening. Um, the original recipe is a base of aged bourbon. It's a four-year bourbon uh, oh, wow. that we mix. We take that bourbon and we mix in fresh juice from Honeycrisp apples, ginger, and lemons. And then we do big brew bags full of cinnamon, clove, allspice, and star anise. Uh, a little bit of cane sugar to, to balance that acidity, and then we filter it through milk. So that one's bourbon wow. with like apple, ginger, spice kind of vibes. Super popular during this time of year. And then, and that was the one that I developed at Westport Cafe. Mm. Um, started, started making that in those six-gallon batches. It got so incredibly popular. People started asking for bottles of it to buy and take home. <laughs> and that, that's what snowballed into me starting the company, hence the name Original Punch on that label. Um, and, uh, and then the other one, the Tropical Punch, I use a neutral rum from the Virgin Islands, um, and then I use uh, a high ester Jamaican pot still rum uh, 
and I blend those uh-huh. together together to to do the base, and then we add in fresh juice from pineapples and limes and oranges, with a like a tropical kind of tiki spice uh, blend and some tropical herbs as well. Wow. So you've and, got quite a dick going into th- these things. I mean, it's just not something that oh, yeah. uh, you just you, you walk into your kitchen and you grab these ingredients out of the cabinet. These things aren't aren't uh, readily available. This is you're actually putting together a real well. Your tropical punch is really quite elaborate. It seems. It is. Yeah, and and they. The tropical is a little bit more uh, has more ingredients in it. Um, it has a bit a bit more of a kind of a wild layered profile. The uh, the the original punch is definitely a little bit more of our favorite or the uh, more popular uh, skew that we have with just like that really nice spiced, deeply spiced apple ginger with some nice acidities and the lemons and, and bourbon. But yeah, the the um, you're exactly right. It's 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 an elaborate process. And just speaking on that, there are this concept of clarified milk punch is, has gotten to be like basically the hottest new trend. Uh, well, it's not so much of a new trend anymore, but it's still <laughs> a very, very popular trend in craft cocktail bartending. There are bartenders, I mean, literally thousands, tens of thousands probably of bartenders across the world who are in the, you know, kind of your high-end craft cocktail scene that are making their own clarified milk punches. There are uh, there are countless recipes for clarified milk punch milk that have been punch. that have been I, drummed up. I'm, I'm uh, shaking my head. I, you know, a <laughs> milk punch. Who would you know? I mean, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, mm. it's very counterintuitive. No, you're good. And and there is just as a side note, there is another milk punch. Um, that's a New Orleans style milk punch, and that it's a classic drink as well. And that one is just known as milk punch. There's no clarified in front of it. That one is, uh, was a New Orleans invention. Clarified milk punch predates this uh, one I was talking about, but a milk punch, uh, New Orleans style, is, is, is milk, brandy, uh, sugar, and some nutmeg and some other ingredients in there. It's actually a milky. Looks like Bailey's or something, but you shake it up and pour it down your throat. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right down the gullet. <laughs> um, but the uh, the clarified milk punch is one that that is clear and is given this. Again, it's you get the pre, all the all the ingredients that go into it are preserved, so you get all this fresh fruit flavor. You get nice acidity from whatever citrus you're using, spices, and it, it locks and preserves all that stuff. Running it through those proteins moves everything out, it binds all those flavors together, and it gives you this very bewilderingly, like, velvety texture that you just don't go, you don't really get it from any anything else. And it's, it's hard to describe, but I've, I've watched people try it for the first time, and it, you, it's just very fun to watch people's brains try to wrap their head around what's going on because it, it's right. just such a surprising experience. Oh, I can melt <laughs> Milk. I yeah. just, you know, that's the thing. Milk. This is filtered through milk. What do you do with all of your your um, unfiltered stuff? All of the stuff that's caught in the cheesecloth. I, I mean, uh, currently, sure. currently, that is a lost product for us. We haven't uh-huh. um, 
we ha- we've got a <clears throat> we're also self-funded and spent a lot of <laughs> money on on a lab you know all the lab testing we've got to do for our main product so to find a use for that um what what is left over it tastes delicious it tastes like like the ice cream version of what's in the bottle all right um, it has all the flavors. It's a little bit more bitter because a lot of those compounds that were filtered out uh, are are compressed into those proteins. So it has a little bit more, the slight bitterness. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean to spin that into like a frozen drink machine, it would it'd pour like a pina colada. We just it's, a, it's <laughs> another product that we'd have to get tested for um, for safety, and we just we're not there yet. <laughs> we're just trying to keep up with the production on. On the clear stuff that's going in the bottles and, and that and that. You, you say that the original actually is a, a better seller right now than the tropical. Yeah, I mean, especially during this time of year, it's. I mean, it's it's really it's, it's a home run with the flavors. It's you know you get bourbon, you get spiced apple, ginger, um, you know, cinnamon and clove. It's, and oh, yeah. it's, it's great over ice. I pour it over ice with an orange peel. That's how I served the exact recipe at Westport Cafe. Made it, uh, made it like six gallons at a time, and it made it super easy on a busy night. I didn't have to shake or stir anything. Just poured it over ice, put an orange peel on it. We sold it like there crazy. But, but we also, um, we'd also get requests for it to be served hot. So I started. I was going to say, it. can it be served warm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can. Huh. And uh, on those requests, I would just poke my head into the to the back of house, and if there was an open burner, I'd ask chef to for permission to come aboard to use the burner for about thirty seconds or a minute to heat some stuff up, and I'd bring it back out. Huh. So it is uh, it is it drinks really well and and just warmed warmed slow over the stove and put into a put into a mug. You can drink it right by the fire. If you get it over the stove, is it going to uh, of what should I mean? Bring out all those aromas, uh, mm-hmm. fill the air with all these different citrus and everything else that you have in there, cinnamons and all that. Yes, it, yeah, it'll kind of open that stuff up, and I, you know, just uh, heat it slow, keep it covered, and then, um, you know, when you when you've got it lightly steaming, pour it in a mug, and yeah, those flavors will, those aromas, they'll just jump out of the right out of your mug. No, I can imagine. I can't imagine they do. Uh, Mike, you have any questions for Bronson here? Uh, let me check on social media. I don't have anything here, and uh looks clear so far. Yeah. Um, nope, just enjoying it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's get down to the, to the bottom line. A bottle of... The uh, original and a bottle of the tropical. How much? Uh, they are on our website. Um, we start, we do ship direct to 38 states, uh, Florida being one of them. They're, yeah, we, uh, we they're, can ship down here for everything. Florida's yeah. pretty open about that. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Um, from our website, um, the bottles are $28 a piece. Okay. Okay. Um, and just kind of put that in perspective. I mean, the these are um, they're completely 
you know, they're naturally made, crafted drinks by a bartender. I would pour uh, these over ice with an orange peel. Our cocktails at Westport Cafe were 12 or $13. Oh, wow. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, all the cocktails that we were – that we, it's like going into a high-end cocktail bar. The drinks, you know, bartenders are putting a lot of, uh, a lot of work and crap into these drinks. So, yeah, we would pour – at the at the cafe, we pour at the time it was twelve dollars. I think they sell it for thirteen or fourteen now. Um, mm-hmm. So, one single pour sitting in the bar costs you about thirteen bucks. One of these bottles has about five pours in it, and again, it's the exact exact same recipe I was using. So, this is um, this is something that can you know it's all ready to go. Just pour it on ice. You can put it back on your shelf. Um, bring it back out when you want another drink. And, yeah, so on the on the site, uh, 28 per bottle. Um, the shipping breaks down to $20 for every 12 bottles that are ordered. Do you so, have a case discount or uh, anything like that? We don't have a case discount right now. We are mm-hmm. working through a third-party e-commerce company that's going to help us get all this stuff up and running. Um, so we would need to to sort that out. But um, this is just something that happened recently. Um, that's something that we've discussed, discussed doing, but the, <clears throat> right now, the, the, as far as the, the spreading money over a large order would be, you know, one bottle, $28, but the shipping is $20. So that's, you're looking at a right. $28 bottle, but you buy, you know, 10 is a lot, but you know, your $20 shipping gets, get spread out to two dollars per the per each bottle. So Right, yeah. Uh, so but currently um we're not doing case discounts, but that is something that I've got a pen in. Um oh, okay. well, I'm just wondering, you know, you know, a lot of a lot of times and you're just starting, it's understandable that you're not gonna uh not gonna be doing it. So uh I was just, but it's a good question. Just curious. Yeah, it's uh yeah. uh something that uh might be curious about you know ordering and if you're saying if it, it sounds like a good winter drink a good holiday drink so the uh, oh yeah uh you know or even presents or something uh, it it just fascinates me i'm going to have to well what i'll do is i'll have my sister go to a local store up there and get some for me because i plan on being up there in the spring or i'll come out to a local store and and get some, and possibly stop by uh, and visit you at the bar and say hi to you while I'm there. Uh, <laughs> well, you definitely, definitely reach out. I um, I'm not at the bar anymore. I actually oh. left. I left the bar um, to pursue um, to pursue this, um, and it's kind of funny how things worked out, but. Um, I was not legally uh, able to continue bartending with my name on a distillery as a producer. Um, really? Because of the, the three-tier system kind of works out that way. Oh, my gosh. Um, so my original plan was actually to stay at the cafe while growing the company, but we had a, I had a distillery permit that had my name coming on it, and I, I had to leave bartending at the time, and I could have flown by the radar, but... But uh, and then long story short, um, 
we ran into uh, a few hangups with the city of Kansas City, um, some zoning with our with our location um, that <clears throat> we couldn't get worked out with them. And then I ended up work, I ended up moving from there and and jumping into a distillery operation that a friend of mine uh, operates. So. So he has one, so you didn't have to start from scratch then. Yes, yeah. Uh, we did a lot of that work on our own, but again, we we were we were fighting with the city, uh, and it was about eight months since we had gotten in there, and we weren't able to make a drop, so we ended up jumping wow. out. And then, um, yeah, just uh, industry industry pals of mine that have an operation, uh, <clears throat> they let me took us in. We, you know, we. We operate there as a, as a part of the square footage that we have docked off. And um, I, at this point, could maybe <clears throat> get a, get back into, I mean, I miss being behind the bar. Uh, being that my name's not on this permit, it'd be easier for me to to jump in somewhere. But um, everything, I'm yeah. staying so busy with trying to keep the thing going. That it's <laughs> well, that three-tier uh, system, that, 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 yeah, I never thought of that. But, yeah, that's... But since you're distributing and and manufacturing, you can't actually bartend because that's tasting yeah. room. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these these, uh, these laws that go back to the repeal of prohibition, basically. They, that's they it. don't want you. They don't want you operating on two tiers at the same time. That's <laughs> it. Jeez. Oh, yeah. huh. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've. I've talked about that and criticized about that many, many times. I've had some guests on the show over the years who hate it as much as I do, and they have not been kind in their uh, comments about the three-tier system. So, I now, can but, imagine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really, what are we going to do about it? Uh, right. Yeah, I'll tell you what we'd like to do about it, and all of us that are having to deal with it, but I had a guest on from Southern Wine and Spirits, and he was yeah. very knowledgeable, and you know, and you know, somebody like that in the business, you know, in the in one of the tiers that is always good, but it's still a pain. So it uh, is a pain, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 surprising. You can bartend because of it. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, that is amazing. Before, uh, yeah, and I and I do I do miss it. And I I at this point, the way things are set up, I could probably fairly easy get away with that. Um, so uh, yeah. there's a chance I might I might you might catch me behind the bar sometime in the near future because I. <laughs> It is uh, after doing it for so long, and then not having done it over three years now, it's something I really do miss. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I noticed one thing on the, the you shift to most all states except for uh, just a few here, but I noticed two of the few here is Missouri and Kansas. Now that is really odd because mm-hmm. you're there, you know, and yeah, you can't. So to answer that real quick, that is not a, that is not a law outcome. That is uh, a decision that that I made oh, um, okay. because we we have a pretty we have we have a we have a good distributor here. There, um, <clears throat> we um, 
we got on with them about two months after we launched because I couldn't keep up with um, running my own distribution. Oh, yeah, and that's tough. As, yeah. A, as a buyer, um, you know, I recognize them as one of the best, best uh, distributors. They're, they're small guys with a really, really cool, cool portfolio, a bunch of nat- – they're really kind of focused on natural wines um, with a burgeoning spirits portfolio. So we got with them. We got a good relationship with them. I built a really good relationship with a lot of different retailers uh, throughout the metro area and across Missouri and Kansas. And um, didn't want to undercut any sales that would um, that could go to the retail supporters that really helped us grow this brand. And that without these guys, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made it as far as I did. So um, I took it as a um, it's just a decision that I made that I that I didn't want to undercut those sales in these states and try to keep people going to support local retailers. But for those that lived beyond our reach, um, I wanted that to have I wanted to have that option. So yeah, oh, that's a, better that's work, a good that's decision. The, that's yeah. the choice I made. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. It, you know, I I like yeah. the thought that you're trying to take care of the people who actually work with you and and all that. That's admirable. So. Uh, very okay. good. Before we go, uh, any any other comments or uh, things you want to say about your Bronson's Original Punch and Bronson's Tropical Punch and the process and all that other stuff? Anything? Any other comments? Oh, I mean, nothing other than just a kind of summation of what we talked about. I mean, uh, <clears throat> again, the idea is the idea with with these products. What what I'm doing is bringing a, a completely naturally made high-end uh, cocktail <clears throat> made by a longtime bartender, put it into a bottle uh, to be brought out to the retail shelf. This is something that can just be pulled off the shelf, poured over ice, and it's the same level of quality um, that you would get going into a, a high-end sort of, you know, quote-unquote speakeasy-style cocktail bar, um, but it's poured right out of the bottle and ready to drink. And the RTD market is elevating. Um, oh, yeah. There's more uh-huh. and more things kind of showing up. That And, and again, I, I don't want to say that I'm above any of these things. Like, I'll drink a Neon Peak Salsa watermelon margarita next year. Like, I'm not above it. But, um, <laughs> but to the ready-to-drink market, I really saw an opportunity to take this historical preservation method, use it to, to do a high-quality cocktail made with fresh ingredients, uh, the preservation is is half of the fun of it because it gives it this this really unique quality. And then um, I just wanted to bring that experience to the RTD market. It is um, the only product like this that's made in this method uh, that has ever been available in the retail market. So it's a pretty unique product. It's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's very it's, it's unique, but it also is pretty pretty universally appreciated. I've I've seen people try it. Uh, that drink uh, Bud Light. I've seen people try it that prefer a Chateauneuf du Pop and everyone in between, and, and somehow across the board, it is kind of universally appreciated. So it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Worth a try. For uh, sure. I can see that. Before we leave, I want you to give your web address and contact information and anything else that people might be able to use to order or get a hold of you or 
sure. to be able to uh, try it themselves. Yeah. So the, the address is just www.drinkbronsons.com. Um, and that's D-R-I-N-K-B-R-O-N-S-O-N-S, drinkbronsons.com. That has information about both of the products, a little bit of information about the company, very minimal website. But uh, for anyone that's interested in ordering bottles, you can go straight to drinkbronsons.com, put bottles into a cart, put in your shipping information, and it'll ship to you straight from our website. Um, my contact, for anyone that has any questions, uh, the email on the site is just bronson at drinkbronsons. That's me. So any emails that come into the website go directly to me. Um, so uh, that's how you contact me directly. And uh, I can answer any questions. Fantastic. I, All right. And I you uh, you have a Facebook page. Uh, Again, that's just Drink Bronson's, uh, Facebook.com, Drink Bronson's. Yep. And uh, you can go and there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. And Instagram also. So uh, get over him and, uh, you know, try it. I'm <laughs> I'm excited. I I'm, I'm want to try it. I, I really am. I, awesome. it sounds It sounds like it's very good, and I, I'm definitely going to get some and give it a try. So. Perfect. Bronson, thank well, you. Well, you have to let me know what you think. <laughs> I will definitely do that. Uh, uh, before we leave, Kistler, is it the last name? Uh, Kistler. It's a K-I-S-T-L-E-R. Yeah, Kistler. Okay. Yeah, that's – I uh, wasn't sure. I, I tried to pronounce it before you came on. I wasn't sure if I pronounced it right. So, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's okay. You uh, got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, thank you for taking the time tonight to join us. And it sounds like a great product. I, I hope people out there will – Give it a try, and uh, you know that you don't have a comments page, do you? You need to make up a comments section on your website. You I should have do that. That's, uh, that's that's those are wise words. <laughs> yeah, you don't have any at all. You know, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have, you know, people's comments, good or bad. I mean, you know, you can oh always, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do get I'll, a lot of I'll, I do get a lot of emails from people um, that. Um, that share their their feedback um, and ask about you know how they can get a hold of them. That now that we have shipping on the site, that's really helped that quite a bit. But do people yeah. do email um, pretty frequently with their thoughts and questions, and so we do get some feedback through there. But we'll get some comments. On the page. Get yourself comments yeah. section on there, you know, so so people can find out what other people think and all that too. On it, it sounds fascinating to me. Milk. I, I'm still milk. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad you. And just on that, I mean, I, I will, <clears throat> I will <clears throat> stress that it does. The milk is is just as a as a clarifying agent. These do not taste like milk at all. If you weren't <laughs> told there was milk in it, you, I mean, you could be told there's there's milk to, to that was used to make it, and, and it's still it's still, still kind of hard to believe. Um, yeah, but even milk as a clarifying agent. I mean, you know, I, I, eggs I can see, but milk. I mm-hmm. mean, now, oh, which brings up something I was going to ask earlier. Now and before I let you go, some people are allergic to milk and milk yeah. products. Will mm-hmm. this affect them? Uh, if you have a dairy allergy, I would say tread lightly or maybe abstain. At 
it's a, if it's a lactose intolerance. Um, aside, <clears throat> like the dairy allergy to is typically to the casein proteins. Right. Uh, the lactose uh, intolerance is to those lactose sugar. Um, the casein proteins are pretty much completely removed in the process. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but for someone with a severe allergy, it's not te- we haven't gotten the testing done on that. The lactose, um, it's about one thirty second the amount of lactose that is in punch versus a glass of milk. Um, so it's very, very small. I have had uh, many, many friends and acquaintances try it with varying degrees of lactose intolerance, some of them very severe, and nobody has had any problems. Oh, good. Um, good. Okay. So it's such a small amount that it really has not presented any issues. But for oh. for the case and allergies, for the dairy allergy people, um, I would – I would say uh, pursue a taste at your own discretion. There you go. I just dawned on me because I mentioned egg, and, and some wines are uh, filtered with egg whites. Yeah. And so, yeah. and then it dawned on me that some people complain about that and are allergic to it. So I just wanted to ask about the, the milk. That's Thank you, question. Bronson. It was Thank you, Ron. uh, interesting and uh, enjoyable, and I will look forward to trying some myself. Perfect. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. Okay, I will. I'll let you know. And uh, thank you, and have a good evening now. Thanks. All right. You too, Ron. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That was, you know, that's not, you know, that's not wine, but it's an interesting process. I mean, and he's using some Mm -hmm. bourbon spirits in there and stuff like that. And brandy, I think it said on one of the things there. So, but that's interesting. Uh, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to circumvent his shipping costs and have my sister go out and buy a bottle and (laughs) ship it down to me because it'll be cheaper to, for her to ship it. But, uh, um, yeah. Oh, well, a couple of this whole time on this roller, I had Brian uh, Kistler on it, and I was like, "Who the heck is Brian? Who put that up there?" And I looked at my editor, and I'm like, "Me." Hey. Apologies, uh, a little late in the game here, but for the whole show, I had Brian Kistler, and I'm staring at another screen that says Bronson on it, and I'm like, "Who? How did I put Brian?" Even I put the name on the. Uh, board and said Bronson. I'm like, who put Brian up there? I don't know what I was thinking, but... Uh, I, I didn't even see it. I, I went to his website. You know. um, I'm watching for the, you know, how, how far the delay is and all that kind of stuff, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, something doesn't look right. That's not his name. I went to your email. I went to the description. I went to um, the post that, you know, goes to Facebook and Twitter. I go, I got it right there. It's just a little scroll thing. I had the wrong name. That's stupid. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, well, I don't, so. I, I didn't notice it. I'm the one that should, I didn't notice it. So, uh, Quick announcement. Sunday at 2 o'clock Sunday. in the morning, set your alarm so you can get up and set it, the clock back one hour. It is daylight saving time ends Sunday at 2 o'clock. So. Again, set your alarm, get up, set the clock mm-hmm. back, and then go back to bed. You get the next hour today, anyway. though. What's that? Yeah. 
uh, and the uh, the meteorologist, uh, they were talking about um, the next uh, three days, our sunset's going to be at, you know, 6.40, 6.50, somewhere around there. And they said, but Sunday, starting Sunday, it's going to be 5.42 uh, is the sunset. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Wow. That is it's, that's early. <laughs> it's going to be dark early. Yeah. But even now, though, I, I yeah. get up at... I, I got up at uh, six thirty this morning. I had a an appointment on Tampa, and I got up at six thirty. It was mm-hmm. dark at six thirty. I mean, it, it yeah. was oh, yeah. it was still dark. And yeah. come next week, it'll be light at six thirty in the morning. So, yeah, I usually go to work at at seven a.m. Um, and it's it's like nighttime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's strange, so, and and you know the, the the old argument is the kids catching the buses at that time. You know, and it's, it's pitch black out there on some of these bus stops at, in the morning. But I see kids yeah. walking home and getting home from school at, at a little after five mm-hmm. now, and it's going to be pitch dark then. I mean, you know, <laughs> one end or the other, you know, it's, it's going to going to hit yep. them. But uh, but yeah, yeah uh, Sunday daylight saving time ends. They keep talking about making it year round, and it, mm-hmm. I, you know I would say do it or or just shut up. I mean it's yeah. if you're going to do Don't it year round, it. you know let's do it year round. And then if you're not, then shut up and quit talking about doing it year round because it's getting old every year. Mm-hmm. And yep. well, twice a year during the changes, we hear this. So. Yep. It's time to put a put a cap on it. You know, just end this. Mm-hmm. So cap. there you go. A cap. We mentioned speaking of mentioned cap in the show. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cap, uh, we had a cigar show. Oh, geez, year and a half ago, I guess it's been now. And the guys mm-hmm. that were on the cigar show saying, Ron, when are you going to have us back on so we can start talking talk about cigars again? And I said, soon. They go, when? I said, well, I was going to do them in November, but I think I've got guests over the next couple of weeks. And then Thanksgiving comes up. So December, we are going to have a cigar show. Hmm. And we're going to have the guys back on, and they're going to, uh, we're going to talk about cigars and cover some topics we've already covered and some new ones. And and mention their blogs and if you're not following them, their blogs coming up and all that. So that's something to look forward to in December. Uh, the cap and Craig and Phil and Mike. And we got a new guy that's just, you know, not you, Mike, another Mike. And we got a new guy that's joined us who is, uh, uh, I don't know if he's a cigar smoker or not. I think maybe he is, but he, he may be able to get on the show with us too. Uh, Alex, I believe his name is. So we got a, that coming up in December. We got uh, uh, an author coming up who uh, uh, sent me a book called The Wine List. Very interesting. Speaking of books, our uh, guest last week, me out here. No, two weeks ago. I'm sorry, not last week. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, about the Australian yeah. uh, book, Jonathan How Ross. to Drink 
Yeah, Jonathan, here it is. Uh, How to Drink Australian and Essential Modern Wine Book. They shared a uh, a downloadable copy of the book with me. And interesting. I mean, really, I started reading a lot of pictures and about the different regions and a very interesting book. I highly recommend if you haven't done so and you're interested at all in Australian wines, then go on wherever you want to get it done and order it. You can order it directly through Jonathan and uh, his uh, partner, Jane. And so, uh, you know, have them sign it for you, all that. But it's, it's, I've been reading through the book. I've got like three books I'm reading right now, <laughs> which is not a good idea because I don't, I don't dedicate any time to any one of them. I'm always jumping around reading them. But it's really a good book. Um uh, Australian wines and it, a lot about Australian wines and regions and all that stuff. So uh, when he was on last or two weeks ago, I uh, we didn't get a chance to cover as much about the book as he wanted to, but it is well worth it. So check it out: How to Drink Australian, an essential modern wine book, and it was just released in September, first September. So. It is it is new, so I wanted to bring that up too. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, this is good. Next one is okay. Uh, we don't have any other announcements. Our next show is coming up on November the ninth, which is next Thursday, seven p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you mark your calendars and your and your clocks and everything. I have an alarm that goes off at six thirty, so I can I'll get up if I'm dozed or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, thirty. It's a little reminder. You need to do the show just in case. Uh, um, but um, do the same. I, I highly recommend it. And uh, join us at seven seven p.m. Eastern time or in the archives. It's fine. But uh, we you know whatever whatever you can do, we appreciate it. So. That's the next show, and don't forget it is replayed on Saturdays. So in case you do miss it live, you can listen to us on Saturdays um, on the um, the other. What's the? <laughs> I lose it. <laughs> what are we you, on? <laughs> you forgot the name of your show. Flightline no, Radio. Flightline Radio. There you go. Oh my God! It's like one of these screens in here, but like I need to. But. Um, Join us there. And, uh, he's starting to put some stuff. He's got all about wine on there. He's got uh, the first and fifteenth, which is uh, very funny. Uh, yeah. What do you want to call it? A, a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. Different topics, uh, and and it's kind of a free flow type of thing. It it just yeah. goes right into the next one, and you know it doesn't doesn't seem like it's planned or anything. It's just you know off it the isn't. cuff, uh, and <laughs> it's very common. Uh, so um, it's hilarious. Played in the morning. Really... And, yeah, yeah, they do a good job on that. So they do. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Cap and Phil uh, do that first and fifteenth, and that's uh, we do it Wednesdays, seven a.m. and seven p.m. So. Tune in Eastern Time. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and then yeah. Mike is live. When are you live now? What Have you changed your times or what okay. are you doing? Yes, I had to. Uh, I was just, yes. Uh, I sleep in now <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> and that, now I'm on from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., which also gives me an a opportunity to announce all about wine coming up at 12. So you catch uh, me uh, live 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., and then uh, All About Wine takes over, and the show is, is uh, like today's show will be coming up this Saturday after my live show on the station. So, yes, something to that effect. Flight line yes, radio. It's um, 7 a.m. So oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can listen to you now. You're you're, you're in a little more in human hours. An hour. I can actually listen to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, with that, we'll talk to you all next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, have a great weekend and a great week. And uh, thanks to our, again to our guest. From information, go to Drink Bronson's plural. Dot com. Drinkbronsons.com. Check it out. Thank you. And Thanks for the see you next week. Thank This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine All with your wine. host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All About Wine. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Okay. And we're off. Great. Uh... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year. From first match, must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.